If you love Tuka Talks, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps the show grow and reach more people with what not to do in the fashion industry. Thanks. Now let's get on to the show. Innovations happen in factories, not in design rooms. We're still making two to three iterations of fit samples after the 3D garment had been approved. You call that technology? You're still stuck in the time warp while they just look at what is it that they need and what technology can get them there. Greetings from Tuka Talks. I want to talk about the little difference between renovate and innovate. Renovate is we have something going, we want to fix it to give it a little newness, but we are within the same confines. We have the same house, maybe change the layout, maybe change the new colors, new furniture, give it a new look, but we're still in the same box. Whereas innovate is really starting from ground up. Very few innovators continue to innovate. Most of the innovators continue to renovate and eventually they get replaced. I got motivated to speak to you when I saw these headlines. Elon Musk advising 200 executives of Volkswagen on electric cars. He didn't invent electric cars. Electric cars were here. A lot of people had ideas. They just didn't know how to execute them well. One of the greatest inventions. But you know who the real hero is? The one who took three extra wheels and made a car out of it. Why is it a person like Elon Musk with Tesla changed the entire automotive industry globally? He was the first one in the automotive business to go direct to consumer. How many of us have the experience of negotiating at a dealer and hated that because we didn't know what was the real price? No different in clothing. Manufacturers suggested retail price is, and then you know 40 off the day it comes in. Same nonsense was going on in the automotive industry. It was a continuous battle for the consumer to deal with so many people in the supply chain, not the manufacturer, but all the people in between. The go-between people were the one needed to be eliminated when you went direct to consumer. You make the car in Tesla, you sell the car by Tesla, they service you, they support you, they finance you, they are all in one. That is where all the automotive industries are now aspiring to go to. Netflix. Three years ago in America, 60% of the bandwidth between six and nine was taken by Netflix because of streaming shows and the movies that people were watching. They were also taking the market share of all the television program and all the television stations 
the ABCs and the NBCs and the Disneys and so on of this world just started losing viewers. And guess what? They started to merge together and start offering streaming services, try to compete. But the one who is still the dominant player, Netflix, the everyone else's second. Let's evaluate this industry. We all know what happened in the last 19 months. If we didn't learn any lessons from there, shame on us. I'm very happy to say that a little video message that I made in May of 2020 kind of gave a jolt to a lot of people. And over 200 new factories, new business models were opened up with direct-to-consumer or demand manufacturing and microfactories. People who were doing things in massive scale started looking at pivoting a little bit to go directly. Why not? Innovations happen in factories, not in design rooms. It's when you're doing something, you can improve that process. America lost that culture a long time ago, especially in the fashion industry. They closed the factories because we were trying to rely on supply chain. That era is over. But I now have a bigger challenge. The supply chain has everything. They have the components, the know-how. They know exactly who we are in America, and they can ship from there. They can design. They can develop. And I'm not speaking about luxury market. I am speaking of the middle market where the real money is and the opportunity is. And that market is really ready for grabs for anyone who can really innovate rather than renovate. Let's just look at the factory for a minute. We kind of create box around ourselves. This is my line where we make shirts. These are all my pant lines. No, you boxed yourself. We do two things in this industry. We cut and we sew. We don't cut shirts, pants, jackets, suits. We cut number of inches. The guy who's cutting, whether manually or by cutter, they are looking at geometry of the piece and they're cutting around the lines. End of the story. So give me whatever product you want. Give me whatever quantity you want. And I will set my cutting operation accordingly. Now comes sewing. 75 to 80% of all sewing machines are standard sewing machines. And then you get to the specialized machines. Sewing machine operators, they are hired to run a machine. This is a single needle operator. We have operators running the machines, not operators sewing products. A side seam is a side seam, is a side seam. Only difference is the length of the seam. Whether I'm doing shorts or pants or skirts, blouses or dresses, I'm still going to be using the same machine. So long as the same thread is required, I could send multiple styles to that. So I don't have to box myself thinking this is my shirt factory or my dress factory or my blouse factory. 
This is my sewing room. And each and every person should be able to operate more than one machine. Even at lower efficiency, they continuously get trained and improve their efficiencies. And what do you have? We call them swing operators who can swing from one job to the other to balance the line. You have to change the paradigm of this industry. And that is going to be what is it that the customer wants can we make it. They can afford to buy with their specification. And how is that possible? It's possible because we took all the friction out. There are no buying houses. This is direct to consumer. Smart factories are using smartly, not just putting everything robotic, that's a smart factory. No, I could take Chevy and beat a Ferrari on a racetrack. It's not the car, it's the driver behind it. It's the training that I have. What is a microfactory? If you're a Garmento, if you have a factory, if you're a vendor, if you're a design house developing your own products, you have a design room with the patterns, with the cutting, with the sewing, you already are a microfactory. You're developing samples or one of a kinds. You labeled it as sample room. You were hoping to make one of those and build 10,000 in a real factory. Stop thinking real factory. This is your real factory. Innovate there. So you're making one time the product that goes to the customer. Prototyping and everything has to be on digital format. Whatever requires the actual real fabrics, trims, materials, they better be going on to somebody's body. If you are not starting with this assumption, you are on the wrong path. You must aspire to work with zero waste. How many of us can find a um, second factory for where you could buy a slightly blemished car? Not there, right? Well, I can show you every possible brand and they have the seconds. Now, automobile industry doesn't have any seconds. Why? It's the focus, zero defects. We accept 3% seconds, yeah, 2% seconds, yeah, we get flaws. No, if we decide we want to have zero samples, everything that we are going to do is digital, and then whatever we sew or make, it has to go beyond somebody's shelf or somebody's body. How many of us are geared for that? Yes, we have come a long way in the 19 months with 3D technology, but think in the entire process, where is the 3D taking place and who's driving it? I just replaced this sketching and then making a garment to see how the garment is gonna look like. I can do that now on a 3D. But that is not my final garment. Garment 
that is going to go on production starts from a different template. So I took care of what designers want to see, but the factories can't use that data. This is research data from more than 150 largest factories who are still making two to three iterations of fit samples after a 3D garment had been approved. You call that technology? How many of us have seen, whoa, stand in front of the mirror and the garment fits. Oh, this is what I'm gonna look like, this is what the garment fits like. Your body, I scan it with this camera. Oh, come on. No, what you did was renovated the business model. You still made the inventory and you kept the inventory and now you're trying to push that inventory onto the customer. You've confused the daylights out of those customers. Somebody says, you're size two. No, 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 you're size 14. No, no, you're size medium. No, 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 you're extra small. Oh, you're the junior, you're size zero, zero. Whoa, what is zero, zero? Stop confusing the customer. That's how you're losing them. Same store has got so many size ranges going on. So many different conventions going on. The technology is not there. Why? Because we are renovating. The innovation would be knowing who you are. And I know the style that will fit you. I show you the styles that can fit you digitally. And then I make it for you. That fits you perfectly. End of the story. I have zero, zero investment as far as the inventory. I have zero risk of unsold inventory. Actually, I get financed by my consumers, my customers. All my investment is tied up in raw material, blank goods. I can digitally print it, digitally dye it, cut it, sew it digitally and physically and deliver very quickly. You know the old saying, if there's a smoke, there's got to be fire. In August, in the United States, 4.5 million people quit their jobs. No, they were not fired or laid off. They just left. The funny part is, a month before in July, another 4 million people had quit. They did not leave to go find another job. 2021, the startups around the world is going to be a record. Why is this not bothering the establishments, the big businesses? If I was the CEO, I would lose my sleep. Do you know all these millions of startups? They may not be threatening today. We know 80 to 85 percent of them will not make it. But those 15 to 20%, they'll be in millions. And they will not be nibbling on the rear end, but they'll be taking a bite, a big bite. Right now, they have baby teeth. But those baby teeth go away, and some of them grow up with little fangs, with that very killer instinct to go after and become Teslas of this world. You have to innovate, but you have to go ground with a new foundation. You cannot live in the same business model because that's how you used to do things. This is the reason why 
the new generation, the new startups will kick your rear end because you're still stuck in the time warp while they just look at what is it that they need and what technology can get them there. If you don't get on to that kind of thinking, trust me, they'll eat your lunch. Go get lunch. Thanks for listening to this discussion presented by Tuka Talks. If you found something in this conversation insightful, we would love for you to click the share button and send this episode to a friend. 